You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. The Run the Riot podcast is brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. You need to check these guys out at www.outlaw100.com. There are a ton of races, and they're all fantastic. First of all, in January, there's Winter Rock with distances 25K and 12K. In February, the flagship of the Outlaw 100 Race Series, the Outlaw 100 in Wilberton, Oklahoma, with distances from 135 miles all the way down to the 5K. Prairie Spirit in March in Ottawa, Kansas. Distances 100 miles down to 50K. Lake McMurtry in April in Stillwater, Oklahoma. 100K down to 5K. The Greater Roadrunner Trail Run at Roman Nose State Park in Watonga, Oklahoma in May. Distances 4 to 12 miles. And then the Flower Moon in Pawhuska, also in May, from 50 miles all the way down to 4 miles. Then there's the Dark and Dirty in July in Wilburton, Oklahoma. There's a 50K all the way down to 5K, and you can run trail or gravel. Then there's the Honey Badger 100, also in July. 100 mile and 50 mile. That's a hot one on pavement. Fun. (laughs) Then there's the Flat Rock in Independence, Kansas. Distances, 101 mile all the way down to 12K. That's in September. In October, we've got the Kansas Rails to Trails Extravaganza in Ottawa, Kansas. 100 mile all the way down to half marathon. And last but certainly not least, the Thunderbird in Norman, Oklahoma in November. 100K all the way down to 5K. These are great trail runs put on for ultra runners, by ultra runners. Guys, you will get taken care of if you go do these races. You'll get awesome medals, amazing buckles, and some nice swag. Check them out at www.outlaw100.com. Today on the Run the Riot podcast, got Brian Gillette again. What's up, man? Hey, David, good to see you again. It's been a year since we last chatted. It has been a year. Well, actually, because we had a, I had technical difficulties, we got to see each other earlier this week. All right, we just the, talked a couple of days ago, but you yeah. know, we, we did the podcast a year ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it, man. Well, well how have you been, brother? Uh, life, life's been good. Got the books been out, and, uh, you know, a couple things that I've been training for. N- nothing, nothing as big as the Tahoe 200, as I know we talked about last time, but still some yeah. fun things we can chat about. Yeah, man. Well, I went back and I listened to to our previous podcast just to refresh and I just forgot I forgot how good it was. You know, we just had a good time talking about the book. And at the time, I had only skimmed the book. I didn't have it with enough time to read it. Life was busy. And so a year later, I finally got around to reading it. <laughs> and uh, man, it was good. I, en- I I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I was excited about reading it once I saw the outline of it and we talked about it. Yeah. And I love framework, man. I love a framework, something that's easily digestible, but challenging, you know, and man, it, it was good. So I, before we get into the book, man, how it's been, what, 10 months about since it's been released? Yeah. So when you and I talked, the book wasn't even out. And so right. I think I gave you a PDF version of it and then it came out a couple months later. So yeah, yeah. It, it's been about nine or 10 months that it came out. Yeah. And I actually, I actually ended up buying the Amazon Kindle version of it too. So I could, you know, the final version. And so I could do the highlights and all that stuff in it. Cause I, I like to do that. So, so I, I like the fact that you bought it. Yes, so, yes, that's right. That's right. Of course. 
So, so how has it been? How has it been received? How what, what kind of input have you been getting on it? So the feedback I've gotten has been very positive, which is nice. And people can relate to some aspects, some asset, you know, most people can't relate to running 200 miles. Yeah. But they, you know, it's similar to what you said. They like the framework, the epic mm -hmm. performance framework. And what I wanted to do, David, is I wanted to be able to figure out how do you take really big things and kind of break it down into manageable chunks. And so you know, for the people who hadn't heard the podcast or are not familiar with the book, I'll just give a quick overview yes, of what yes. Epic Performance is. So I went out and I talked to 100 kind of executives and ultra-distance athletes to understand how do they take really big ideas across the finish line. Yeah. And so, and came up with five behaviors. And those five behaviors, they spell out Epic Performance or, you know, the Epic. The E is how do you envision the big things in life? that you mm. want to accomplish. You know, I always think about, you know, when you're 80, what are the things you're going to regret not doing? Mm, so I how like do it. you envision that? You got to be able to see the finish line to get to the finish line. Yep. The P is how do you put a plan in place in order to achieve that epic vision? What are some of the things you got to do? The I is how do you iterate to the plan? You know, you, you know what it's like to run 200 miles. You don't start off running 200 miles. You start off running three miles and it hurts. And then you run four miles and five miles. And then ne next thing you know, you're running a marathon or whatever it is. You work your way up to it. So that's the iterate part. And then there's collaborate. How do you learn from other people? Mm -hmm. You know? There, somebody else has gone ahead of you and done it or been either successful or not successful. Right. And how do you learn from them? And then lastly, that's performance part. So that's the everything else is the epic. The performances part is you eventually have to stand at the start line and move to the finish line. So epic, the EP, the envision plan, iterate, collaborate, collaborate, gets you to the start line. Performance gets you to the finish line. Nice, nice. I like it. And for those listening, I, what one of the things I think that was really good about it is, of course, we're in the ultra running world and we eat up any of those illustrations. But it wasn't just about the Tahoe 200. I mean, you use that to illustrate the points, but you also used the people you interviewed, the projects they were doing, things in your life. And so you, it was just a thread throughout the book and to where, you know, anybody can read the book and get the points out of it, not be bored to death if they don't like ultra running or something <laughs> like that. I like that. I thought that was good. Well, and that was on purpose because I knew a lot of my target audience, you know, for the consulting I do is more in the business community. Right. And as I talk to people and I interview these hundred people, I realize that the similarities between what you need to do to get to a finish line of a 200 mile run or a marathon or whatever, they're very similar to what you have to do for anything big in your career. You know, mm. one of the, you know, I talked to, I was working with one woman and she wanted to start her own business. She was leaving the corporate world and wanted to start her own consulting business. And so, you know, we use the epic performance framework. And so, and she's not an ultra runner at all. She's not, yeah. you know, and it just, it helped her think about, okay, what do I do need to do in order to get this thing started? And so. And, you know, I've talked to her, I talked to her you know, about a year after she started the business and she said, ah, the, leaving the corporate world and starting my own business was the greatest thing for her. Yeah. It's not for everybody, but for her it was. And so. Yeah. So is this, you know, and I, okay, I come from a kind of a ministry background where I used to, you know, I used to preach and share. And so that I love the epic, you know, I love the acronyms, the alliteration and stuff like that. It helps me to remember things and it helps right. others. 
And so when did you, how long, how long ago did you come up with, you know, I mean, the book is, you know, let's just say about a year old. How long before that did you come up with that EPIC acronym for the framework? So the acronym probably came about three or four years ago. So I, I did Tahoe 200 in 2015, I believe mm-hmm. it was. So it was the second year. And, and I came, I was starting to think about, okay, what are these things? I was talking to people. What are the things that I had to do in order to get there? And I came up with the five behaviors. They weren't yeah. tied, they weren't named Epic. You know, yeah. they, it was other things, but it was still the concepts, the five concepts. Yeah. And then as I was talking to a friend, you know, he helped me kind of figure out the Epic and it makes it a little bit more, e- more easy to remember. It mm-hmm. kind of ties into the theme. So the, you know, I remember the first kind of talk I did to a group was in 2016 about the concept, but it wasn't Epic at the time. And then it's morphed into that, I think, 2017, 18 timeframe. Nice, nice. I, li- I like that. And sometimes, you know, we share concepts and stuff and, you know, even on podcasts and sharing with others and that that framework or that uh, better ways to communicate it or for people to remember it just kind of start falling into place. And I like that. You know, I think it's good. And epic fits. I mean, you know, when you do it, you did something epic at the Tahoe 200. So, you know, it's perfect. And it, the idea really started to come to me. So so my wife and I took our kids out of school in 2017, summer of 2017, and we traveled the for a year. From 2017, yeah. all you know, through the middle of 2017, middle of 2018. And I remember how the concepts you know, really started to come together and the book started to put some shape to it was as we were getting ready to leave on our first leg around the world and you know, friends held a going away party. And I had a couple of friends that came up to me and they said, you know, Brian, we could never do what you're doing. And it's like, oh, you know, I mean, and I'm sure, you know, people have said that to you with some of the crazy stuff you do, David. Yeah. And what goes through my head is, no, you probably could. And so that's and it's like I wanted to write the book kind of for those people to figure out, okay, what is it you want to do? And then how do you start putting steps to do it? Yeah. And I think there are different camps of people, some people who want to do big things like travel around the world, which is fantastic. I know you guys, you did it before you had kids and then you did it again with the kids. Right. Fantastic, dude. What a great experience for you guys and for your kids and amazing. But people want to do big things and some people just, number one, don't know how, you know, and so they just, they don't think they can because they don't have a framework or, and I think there are some people that are afraid of the discipline it takes to do it. Because let's face it, you can have the framework, but if you don't, you can have the plan. If you don't execute it, if you don't do it, then it's not going to happen. And you know, I mean, the word you just said, discipline, that is a word I heard over and over when I interviewed these hundred people is I think one of the things it's, it, that differentiates them from people that don't do things like that is discipline. Yeah. Because you do, I mean, you know what it's like to train for 200 miles. Sucks. You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so for anybody training for a 200 mile run. <laughs> yes. God bless you. <laughs> Why? No, yeah. it, it does. It, it, there are days when it's like, yeah, this yeah, sucks. yeah. But it's yeah. that discipline that, you know, it's like you're willing to get up at three or four in the morning and go out and do something. Yeah. And I, I mean, when people say, what are some of the biggest capabilities or skills that these people had that you interviewed? I said, they're very disciplined. Yeah. They know what they want. And they are disciplined in going after it. 
So one of the things I just kind of on in that vein, went re-listened to the last podcast we did. And one of the ways you train, because everybody's got different ways of training. And oh, yeah. when you did the Tahoe 200, man, that was, it was second year. People were just winging it, you know, trying to figure it out. And uh, I remember you say one of the things you did was you would run like four or five milers in a row one month and then 10, four 10 milers in a row, 20. And then you capped out at four 30 milers in a row, I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh man, that fourth one must have been rough. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it, there weren't a lot of people that had done 200s then. Now yeah. it's becoming, you know, there, now there's more and more people. And so you can yeah. learn from it. But there were still people, you know, I had two friends that had done it in year one. Yeah. Yeah. And so I could learn. And they were the ones that told me about that. Okay. Do four 30s in a row. If you get up to four 30s, you're in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's good. And what we're finding is, you know, and everybody has different. I guess, styles. And so even if they're, whatever framework they're using to plan things out, some people, they basically do training. They're just wanting to finish. They're not trying to, you know, finish fast or anything. And they'll, I interviewed a guy, he's from around here who did the Bigfoot 200. And the most he did one, he, I think he capped out at 30 miles a week because his life was busy. Now he took long, he took a long time to do it, but he got it done and I DNF'd it. So I was like, (laughs) you know, it was just, uh, uh, it was just crazy. Well, you know, and I think that's a really good point is we all have different ways to get to the finish line. Yeah. And so, you know, part of it is figuring out what works for you right. in order to, that's going to increase. And some people want to go out, you know, for me, when I set out to do the 200, it was, you know, my primary goal is I want to finish it. Right. Now, right. I felt I could get in the 80 hour range. And I also had a friend who did it the year before and he said, oh, you're in really good shape. You should be going for top 10. Yeah. And now, unfortunately, they told me that about a month beforehand. It's like, it's, it's too late. I'm not going to go like Craig, kill myself for top 10. Right. And I remember telling them, I, cause they were part of my crew. I said, when I get to a hundred mile, 150, let's talk about if I'm, you know, top 10 then, but yeah. I don't want to ruin something. Yeah. A- and I came in 11. So. <laughs> close enough, close enough, man. That's yeah, I was like, I was top, uh, you know, it, it was the 175 mile marker. I had moved into top 10. I'd passed the, the uh, 10th guy and I thought, all right, yeah, this is great. And then he passed me five miles to the end and he was in great shape. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. just, he looks terrible at 175, <laughs> but when he passed me, yeah, we had a role reversal. So <laughs> he was like 20 years younger and a rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And, you know, just even talking about big goals, talking about a race like that, it's amazing. The, I don't know, the dynamics, you don't know how your body's going to respond. And did you keep, do you keep up? Did you keep up with the Cocodona 250 just recently? No, Um, I didn't. So Mike McKnight, who was trying to go and win it, and he's done so many 200s. He won all three in the triple crown that, you know, a few years ago, he's a beast, but he had trouble at mile 70 where he had to sleep for a couple hours. And so he was, there were at least 60 people ahead of him. By the time he got up and he was like about to give up and he said, I'm just going to go to the next aid station and see how I feel. I'll give it one more aid station. So by the next aid station, he started feeling better. And and they were saying, well, we think you can still get the top 10. And he said, no, I still want the course record and I want to win this. And he, something lit a fire in him and he picked everybody off and he, he was almost 50K behind first place at my, you know, at mile 70, he picked them all off. And with about, I think 30 miles to go, he passed up first place and won it and got the course record on that course. I was like, how did, you know, you just never know. And 
you know, of course, Mike's a beast, but but it's just it's crazy. You know, Well, I mean, that that's a big one of the cool things about doing the long distance stuff. You're doing 200 miles and you got, let's say, 100 hours to do it. Yeah, it's, you're going to you have a you're going to have a hard time somewhere. Oh, yeah. And if you quit, <laughs> then it's like, no, go to sleep for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you wake up, you're going to be a new person. Yeah. So and it's and I remember coming into I think it was 170-ish because one of the aid stations about that time frame, it was, I think, about 160. And it was the middle of the night and I was exhausted. And it's like, <laughs> and all I wanted, and I hadn't had really any sleep, you know, yeah. I had laid down. And so I jump into my support car and I said, I just need, give me, wake me up in an hour. Yeah. And yeah. they woke me up in an hour and I said, can I have 30 more minutes? They gave me 30 <laughs> more minutes. And then they came and said, no, you're not sleeping anymore. You're getting out of here because- <laughs> You, you can make top 10. And I felt like that 90 minutes mm. felt like a new man. Yeah. So I didn't look like a new man. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the great thing about some of these discs. It's like, don't quit yeah. yet. Just go yes. sleep yeah. for a little while. And, you know, and I told you, I shared with you, I'm going for Moab again this year because last time when I did it, I got stomach issues and all that. And looking back, I was a wreck. I was green. My wife showed me a picture of myself and I was like, ow. But I should have just went to sleep. And so like my plan this time is I'm not going to, I'm not going to, unless I'm physically really injured, I'm not, I'm just, I'll time out, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to quit, you right. know, if I need to rest. And so that's going to be, that's going to be the plan this time. And, but yeah, you have plenty of time. And so, so thinking about that, what I love about ultra running, which you've captured in the book, using it as an illustration, dude, that's life. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're on the, this long journey. Yeah. And it's life, it's big projects, it's things we do. And, and I, mean, I mean, you know, you're in business and you do consulting and stuff. How many times have you, you know, you wondered if you were going to make it or things got rough and, you know, you thought about throwing in the towel? I mean, so many times, David, where it's like, oh man, this is hard. And then I think back about, you know, there, there's a couple things I use and I talk, talk about them in the book, but, you know, how do you put things in perspective? Mm. And that, I mean, that's one that I've used a lot. Yeah, you know, I remember when I was, we talked about the doing the four thirties in a row. Yeah. And I remember I was on my third 30. So, you know, I, I was 70 miles in for the week and it was day three. And I was only five, 10 miles from my house and it was hot and I was just whining to myself. And, and it's like, oh man, it's hot. I'm tired. And just, I'm just whining. And then I thought about a friend of mine who was going through cancer. Yeah. And you just kind of put things in perspective. It's like, yeah, you know, my legs hurt, but I can be sitting on a couch in, you know, 15 minutes. Yeah. What she's going through is a whole lot worse. So it's, what are these things that help put things in perspective? Um, you know, I, I look at like the Tahoe 200 and realize, okay, I can do the Tahoe 200. I can clearly get through this other problem I'm dealing with. Yeah. So it's like, I've been through worse. I've been through harder. So Ooh. yeah. Yeah. It, and it, it's, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. It, it's a lesson that I, uh, that my kids are starting to learn as well. So uh, I, I think I shared with you a little earlier. So last year over Thanksgiving, I came up with the idea of, you know, let's do as a family, I have two kids, they're teenage teenagers. So Right, they're 14, 14 and sixteen right now, and they know and so everything. Last, you know, they, they, yeah, they, <laughs> they are actually they're really smart. And okay, well, that's good. That's crazy. <laughs> and they see some of the crazy stuff I've done, and I'm always just like, oh, how do we push ourselves a little bit further? How do I push myself? And maybe they'll yeah. do the same. And 
So I threw out the idea of, hey guys, who wants to do a 24 hour walk where, you know, we don't care how far we go, but we are going to start and just walk for 24 hours through the night. Because there is a cool, you know, a lot of your guests have, or a lot of your listeners have probably done through the night. Yeah. And, you know, there's, when you go through the night for the first time, it's a unique experience. Yeah. It, <laughs> and, yeah, it's something. It definitely. It is. And your mind does some crazy things. And so I thought, why don't we do it as a family? Yeah. And we will just walk and we were going to walk through, or we live in a pretty nice community, you know, and we're going to just walk around it. There's 80,000 people in our town and we can just walk all through this town and just do for 24 hours. And if we get hungry, we're going to stop at a restaurant and we're going to go in and eat. You know, if we're yeah. thirsty, we'll go into the store and buy something. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to throw it out. And the kid, everybody was like, yeah, let's do it. That's which, awesome. Which surprised me. Yeah. And we said, we're, we will do it and we must finish as a family. So if one person wants to bow out, we mm. all bow out. Okay. I uh, like it. And so it, like we're doing this because it really can pull us together. Yeah. And so we ended up bowing out 17 hours in, I think. Was it you, Brian? Was it <laughs> you? <laughs> I was David. David, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. I thought we agreed we weren't going to. Oh, talk sorry, about sorry, that. my bad, my bad. Man, I, I'll delete that. I'll edit it. <laughs> yeah, you can edit that out. No, it was so my youngest son at mile twenty-five. So we made it thirty-two miles. My, about somewhere around, well, maybe about mile twenty-four. And it's okay. we had just eaten dinner, and his feet are starting to hurt him. Yeah, and it's like I know there's a lot of pressure for him to not say we're going to stop. Yeah. And so I don't want him to be the one that makes the decision. Right. And he just, his feet were hurting him. He was in tears and it's like, oh. And so I go back, I'm talking to my wife who was walking behind me a little bit. And I said, you know, I think we should stop. Let's see if we can get to 26.2 because yeah. it's like, wouldn't it be cool for the kids? It's like, hey, you did a marathon. Yeah. And so I go up and I'm talking to my 14 year old son and I said, you know, I think you think we can make it to 26.2? It's about two miles left. I know you're hurting and we're all really tired. And he goes, no, I, I want to keep going. Hmm. And now, uh, and so it's like, okay, let's get some Advil in them. And, yeah. you know, for uh, like one or two miles, and I'm thinking, I, I think it's best. This is where you, as a parent, it's like, I think it's best yeah. that we stop. Yeah. And so he had a, he had some Advil. His feet started feeling better. You know, we passed the marathon mark. He goes, no, I don't want to stop. Nice. And it's like, okay. So like two, three hours later, my wife had gotten in her head and she's done an Ironman before. So she's, <laughs> you know, pretty hardy. But she had gotten in her head that it's like, we're going to stop. Yeah, yeah. And she's the one that said, we got to stop. And the next morning, so we go home. The next morning. She comes down and she has regrets. That oh, we man. Yeah. And the kids were totally on board. And so, and it's like, okay, do you guys want to try it again? And they, you know, we, I asked a couple of weeks later and they, oh yeah, I, my, especially my youngest son, he goes, no, I, I want to do this. Yeah. That's and awesome. So it, even with that failure that we had, we didn't achieve the 24 hours. I mean, we achieved a lot. He achieved yeah. a lot. He actually has more confidence that it's like, I know I can do these things That's and cool. I want to be able to do it. So it was just a cool experience. No, did they train it all for it or was it kind of just a, let's set a date and let's do it? 
Have you ever seen a 14-year-old train for something like that? <laughs> it's it's kind of sporadic. Well, my, my older son was running cross-country. Okay. So this was something that it was like, they just, we made sure they had good shoes. Yeah. And we made it fun, like we told friends. So to answer your question, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah, yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, he probably is true. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, well, 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 what did people think? Because, I mean, you know, people saw you guys walking. Did, did anybody see you walking in the morning and then later in the afternoon? And like, what is happening with this family? What's going on? Did, I was posting to Facebook every like hour. So it's like, here's where we are. And then I would, I said, oh, we're going to be coming around this part of the city. If you're there, come on out. And so we had people that came out and walked with us. My, my older son, he had friends that came out like at 10 o'clock and met us. Yeah. And we, and so, and I remember, you know, it's like 10 o'clock and you know, there were like eight of us. Yeah. Eight or nine of us just walking. Yeah. And I said, all right, we're going to go into the local grocery store and you guys get whatever you want. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's like we get some milk chocolate, you get some candy. It's like whatever we need to keep the engine moving forward. That's so, cool. What, yeah. a, what a cool idea, man. Just, uh, you know, and that, hey, maybe it'll be a, tra- a yearly tradition. Gillette family, 24 hour. Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to make it into a tradition, <laughs> but you know, it's definitely on the calendar Yeah, for, for Thanksgiving Nice. Well, man, that's a good way. And you know, we're always, as parents, we're always looking ways to challenge our kids. My adult girls have, you know, they, they've done some half marathons. My, my oldest has done a couple marathons and she did a 50K just recently. And I got to train, I trained her for it and all that. And it's just, I love that we can pass that down and they yeah. see us doing it. You know, they saw all the training, you know, you put in and what an example to our kids, because anything worth having is worth you know, anything worth doing is worth putting an effort into. Yeah. And I don't, I want them to do what they want to do. Yes. Yeah. In fact, so, you know, another crazy thing we're doing, we're going down to Antarctica in in January and... All right. right. Are, you, are you trying to kill your family? Is that yeah, what you're trying no. to do? <laughs> They're all like, my, my, my two son, my two kids and my wife, it's like, yeah, we're totally, we want to go to Antarctica. I love it. We love I love it. it. And dude. It's, it's like, great. And so we're so excited. Well, I found the boat that we're going on. It's a 200 passenger boat. It's okay. got a, it's got a, a one twelfth of a mile track on it. Okay. So 12 laps, one mile. And so I get this airbrain idea and I don't know where they come from, David, but I get this idea. It's like, wouldn't it be cool to do a marathon on the way down to Antarctica or down in Antarctica going down? It might be depending on what the seas are like, but yeah, you'll yeah. see. And I'm exploring this one right now. And so I threw it out to my older son, who I figured he'd potentially say yes, because he's got that. He'll say yes to enemy pig crazy. And he goes, yeah, I'm totally on board. I said, <laughs> we're going to have to train. He's used to doing cross country where you run three miles and yeah, uh, that's yeah. it. I said, we're going to have to train. And so my younger son, who I thought he would be the one saying, eh, he goes, oh, yeah, I'm on, on board. And my wife looks at me like, oh. <laughs> She's like, I guess I have to be on board now. Well, Ugh. she goes, I am not doing it. <laughs> That's just awesome. I was like, okay. okay. So I was just surprised that both kids like, yeah, we want to do it. So now I go out, you know, a couple times a week with my younger son and we go out running for, we're, you know, we're just going out three miles right now Yeah, yeah. to build up a base. And I said, and it's like, I asked him, I said, you know, this is totally, we do not have to do this. This is up to you. 
Yeah. And I, and I don't want you to feel the pressure. I want you to only right. do this if you want to do it. And he goes, you know, my three goals, you know, this year. And the, the, he goes, one of them is to complete the 24 hour walk. Yeah. One of them is to kind of do the marathon in, as we go down to Antarctica. And then the other one is to not throw up on the trip down to Antarctica. <laughs> well, two of those you can pretty yeah. much gut through. I don't know about the third one. Yeah, the third one. You're going to throw up somewhere along <laughs> one of those three. I'm not sure which one. Yeah. And, so, and my, my, my older son, he goes, God, isn't our Strava segment going to be so cool? Cool. <laughs> All right. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be weird. I saw, I had a friend who did it. He was on a cruise ship running around and he had, he tried to use his GPS and all it did was a big line because the yeah. boat was, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. So we're, we're, I think it's like 314 or 340 laps or so. So it's like, okay, we're gonna have to count, have a counter. Yeah. That'll be mom's job. Yeah. Mom has already mom's said no. No, so she's not even going. She's not even going to no, go no. to support you. <laughs> Oh no, mom's going to the, on the trip with us. Oh, cause she's not going to yeah. count though. <laughs> but she's going to, she'll come out every once in a while. Yeah, she's yeah. the smartest of the four, as you probably have already <laughs> figured out. She'll, she'll be coming out every once in a while, check sure that we're okay. And then she's going to go back and sit on the, you know, in, in the deck and drink something warm. <laughs> I love it, dude. Well, that, you know, that's making memories, man. This, your kids are challenged and I love that they've gotten some of that in them where they want yeah. to try hard things, you know? And I think. It's cool that they know that they can do hard things. Like, yeah, I want to do it. I can do this. You know, that I'm, let's go. And if for some reason we don't accomplish it, that you can come out of there. I mean, you and I have both done things where we haven't finished it. Yeah. Or we didn't get the result we wanted. And hey, we're still alive. We can laugh about it. You know, it's hard. Yeah. But that failure, I mean, that, that, that tells you that, okay, I pushed myself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, people will say, oh, yeah, okay, I didn't finish the Tahoe 200. Yeah. How many people didn't even start it? That's right. That's right. So, and that's the thing. We, if you don't accomplish your goal, if you learn, you, you said use it or lose it, L use it. What did you, what happened? What went wrong? What can you learn from it? What can you do different next time? You know, we're not always going to be, if we're always successful, we're not trying hard enough things. I think we talked about that last time. You told your son something about that. He wasn't falling. He's like, well, you're not going fast enough or something. I'm freaking, you know, it, it was my dad. Yeah, oh, my it was your dad. dad. That's right. When I was 10, we were skiing and we came to, you know, at the end of the day and I came skiing down. I sprayed snow over him and I, you know, it's like, ah, man, I'm this great skier. And I said, man, dad, I haven't fallen all day. And he said, well, you know, if you're not falling, you know, you're not pushing yourself. <laughs> I told my son the same thing on his skateboard. He's like, I hadn't fallen. I was like, we ain't trying hard enough tricks, dude. What you yeah. at it? Of course, then his mom, and then he, he falls and he cuts himself and his yeah. mom's going, well, what'd you do that for? Well, dad said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he did the trick. He finally got it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about managing, you know, some falls are worse than others. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's being able to manage that risk and, you know, and that, fail what, you know, some failures you can't have, but. You know, yeah, or going to do serious damage, but yeah, most of them, most of them aren't. So, so Brian, so, you know, I love the adventures with your family and I, I definitely want to follow along. I hope you guys post stuff. I don't know if you can post from Antarctica. I don't know. Whatever. I need to watch for it. <laughs> I, I think we can. Yeah. We'll have to make sure. I'll make sure we post. Because I, yeah, I definitely want to see that happen and I'll be watching for the, during Thanksgiving for the family walk, but there you go. Um, so, so you do business consulting and you go around and you kind of, you help businesses succeed and you do speaking, right? 
I do, yeah. So for companies, generally, I'm doing two things with them. You know, one is I'm doing individual one-on-one leadership coaching. So okay. I may work with a high high potential leader for six months and do some one-on-one leadership coaching with them. Okay. And then the other one is I'll facilitate executive retreats, getting, you know, you pull a team together and, you know, how are they working more effectively as a team? How are they thinking about where do they want to go in the next three, four, five, ten years? Okay. Uh, and then I am doing more and more speaking about, you know, how do you, you do these epic things? It's nice. Well, and so with that in mind, one of the things I like, this podcast is an ultra running podcast, but we hit on some of the things, you know, about discipline and, you know, just mindset and things like that. So how does, how do you just in your daily life, what is your, I don't know, I like to ask the question, what does your morning look like? What things, what disciplines have you built into your life just on a daily basis that help you accomplish, you know, being a good dad, being a good husband, but also being a good businessman? I'd love to hear what you're doing. Yeah. So my morning, I set this goal in beginning of the year. And generally, I don't do a lot of like New Year's resolutions, right. but I do like to have some goals. And yeah. so I turned 55 this year. Okay. And I thought, you know, I want to do for every year old I am, I want to do one sit up. So, you know, beginning of the year, I started doing 54 sit ups. Yeah. And then when I turned 55 in March, I, you know, started doing 55. And I quickly realized it's like, all right, I'm going to do 60. I'll start off doing 60 because then I have some in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to have something in the bag. Yeah. And then if there's a day where I can't do it, and then I thought, well, I can do 60. So I just started doing 90. So, yeah. so now I'm doing 90 every day and I got okay. a whole lot in the bank, but I'm going to do that every day right. uh, until then. So first, you know, one of the first things is I'm usually, I'm doing my sit-ups three days a week. I'll do some light weights and then I'm either running or cycling at least four to five, four days during the week and then one to two days on the weekend. So generally running or cycling, you know, five, five or six days a week. And so that generally happens in the morning. Now, you know, I've got it. I've got a pretty good lifestyle situation where it's like, okay, if I've got nothing going on in the middle of the day, I'm going to go out for a bike ride in the middle of the day and I'm not nice. going to do it first thing. Uh, yeah. And then the other thing is I'll just look at kind of what's my day look like and what's on my task list and kind of prioritize those to figure out what do I need to get done today? Yeah. Uh, and just, okay, these, I got to get these things done today. If I get those done, then I'm going to work on these. So that's kind of what my, so that morning I, you know, I'm usually up early and it just allows me to get my head around things. I'm also my kids, you know, school's getting out tomorrow, but you know, when school's in, I like, you know, we all have breakfast together nice. or at least in the kitchen. Yeah. So it's just that time to kind of connect and then they go off and, and often, and then, you know, some couple days a week, you know, my wife and I'll take the dog out for a morning walk and then start getting things done. Nice. Nice. Do you, do you try to, do you, I know you have your own book, but do you try to read other books? Do you set any kind of goal on that or, you know, try to, you know, to keep abreast of what's going on out there? I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Same. <laughs> same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially, you know, I would, when I was training for Tahoe, I was listening to books and podcasts like crazy because, yeah. you, you know, you're out for 30 hours some week. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of time. So I generally, when I'm reading stuff for pleasure, or yeah. I will read a lot of autobiographies or biographies, I like those. <clears throat> but I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, as, as I'm getting ready to go to bed or even yeah. sometimes early in the morning. Yeah. Um, 
And any, what kind of, cause I'm just curious. I always like any favorites or besides the run the riot podcast. Any, no, no, well, any the other? run the riot, obviously <laughs> yeah. that's first on the list. But, but, um, but there are a lot of good ones out there. And so, you know, mindset and discipline and different things like that. But what do you. And it varies. Like I will listen to a type of podcast for a period of time. And then I've heard a lot of that. And, you know, some of those messages start to repeat. And then I go yep. into something else. Yep. Uh, you know, what I generally listen to, you know, on, from a business side, generally listening to stuff on, on you know, what's going on in, in the world. Like BBC does a great kind of summary and it's mm -hmm. international news. So it helps me understand what's going on in the world. I yeah. like to know what's going on in the market, the stock mm -hmm. market. And so yeah. there's some stuff on NPR that I'll listen to. And then like the Commonwealth Club, you know, mm -hmm. I enjoy listening to the Commonwealth Club because you get some of the big name brand speakers, you know, obviously they've got a book out, but you can hear about, you know, these, you know, whether it's a successful politician, a businessman or something like that, I, that that's what I'm focusing on now. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I do the same thing. I'll go through, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I set a goal to read at least read or listen to at least 12 books a year. And I'm going to go way past that this year. Cause I think I'm close to it already, but I've, I'm reading some and then I'm listening to some and I have a lot of time, you know, on my feet, you know, right. The training. Yeah. And so it, it's a cool way. And I mix it up too. I, I just read the terminal or listen to the terminal list fiction stuff, you know, and then but I also listen to, you know, just good books on, on, on discipline and, you know, habits and things like that. Yeah. So it's good yeah. stuff. And I mean, it d depends on like, you know, we just spent a spring break in Italy and I'm really good at reading pleasure stuff in on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. But when I'm at home and I read it, like I'll get in bed and I'll start reading and about three pages in, I'm just like, mm, yeah. and I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's I, so it's understanding okay where can i read this when can i read this and it, yeah i do the same and i'll have like where i'll read a chapter in the morning of one book and then in the evening a chapter of a different book but they're different you know different things you know so anyway just try to just try to set those goals you know like kind of like the sit-ups i want to do us you know i want to read so many books this year because i know i need to feed my brain <laughs> yeah well and i think you know david to what you were talking about earlier you brought up it's discipline yeah. You know, it goes back to discipline. It's, you know, figure out what you're going to do, whether it's you're doing your sit-ups, whether it's you're reading your book, it's just figure it out. Yeah. And then, okay, how do you stick to it? Now, there are times when it's like, yeah, okay, I, that was a crazy goal. I'm not, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to do something different. That's okay to shift. Yeah. But, you know, understand why you're shifting. So it's, it, it goes back to that discipline, David. Well, yeah. And the same thing, you, the big goal is this, you're going back to the book and you just break it down, figure out how to do it. You know, and didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. what, what, whatever it is, whatever that goal is for the year. Yeah. It's fantastic. And, and, and what often, you know, I, I hear is people, they come up with something really big and it's like, oh man, I can't do that. And, and my response more along the line is, well, maybe you can't do that today. And yeah. because we think of things, it's like, I can't do that given my current situation, my current knowledge, my current, you know, physical shape, whatever it is, I can't do that today. Well, how do you get to the point where you could do it tomorrow? Right. Is and because we often make those decisions on what you can and can't do based on where you are now. It's funny you say that because I, I just recorded and I do a midweek motivation and those who are listening, who oh, I've heard it already, but I say this a lot, you know, and I usually talk about injuries, but until you can do what you want, you do what you can. You know, get set yourself up for future success. When you're injured, you know, 
my knee was messed up for a while. It's still messed up, but, but I'm doing what I can building up my body core, all the things until I can run the amount of miles I want to run. And so same thing, you know, to just got to do what you can. Yeah. I mean, can't you come up with this obstacle? Knee hurts. All right. How do I continue? And it's like, okay, do I need to move to a bicycle for a period of time? Yeah. Do I need to work on the upper body? Whatever it is. It's yeah. No, I, I think, I think you hit on it. It's like you come up with these obstacles. Well, figure out how to get around it. Well, so you got these family adventures. You got Antarctica. You got you got the twenty four hour walk. Anything else you you got in the you know in the future? Another book, another race, or just anything else that just that's in the back of your mind? You're gonna you're gonna we're gonna hear about. No, no other big races. There's not another book on on the docket right now. It's just that, you know, those two big things are, you know, the 24 hour race, it's building up more speaking opportunities. And nice. so I'm working with a, a videographer now to put together a short sizzle reel. Right. Uh, but no, not, I think the 24 hour walk and the, the Antarctica marathon, it, for, it's a little different because I know I can do those, but now it's like I'm doing them with my kids Yeah, and it's a completely different experience. Because it's not about me, Mm -hmm. you know, it's about how do we make sure that they can be successful and it's something they want to do. Yeah. So I know I can go 24 hours. Right. So I've done it. (laughs) I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Many times. And so it's like, how do I help them achieve what their goals are? Yeah. Yeah. Coach dad. (laughs) Well, Brian, man, I mean it. I thoroughly, not, I thoroughly enjoyed the book and I, I, I took down, like I highlighted a lot of quotes. You did a good job of collecting different quotes and some of the things that you said. And I thought about, like I went back to the highlights and I thought about, well, let's just talk about some of these quotes, but they were, there were too many. Like we would end up reading like a large section of the book. I was, you know, how Kindle does the thing where you can go back and see all your, yeah. there, there were too many. And I just, it was a lot of things. And I love going back to those because even just those snippets remind me of the different parts of it. And you know, time is a finite resource and how we use it determines where we put our priorities. And that's such a good principle. You know, our people say like, I don't have time to do something. It's like, well, if you're being honest, it's not a priority for you. And I've said that before. If you want to do something, if you really want to do it, you'll figure out how to do it. And you've alluded, you talked about that in your book. It's a matter of priorities. And so- you know, it's being honest with yourself on that. That's just one of the many oh, yeah, highlights I, mean, we, I got in there. <laughs> we, we could do a whole podcast yeah, yeah. on that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We all have 168 hours in the week. Yeah. And, you know, it's like how you use those 168 hours is, is up to you. Yeah. And so I guess I think this would be a good kind of kind of way to, to start channeling things to wrap it up. But that's why it's important for you have to have your reason for doing the big things. You know, and, you know, there's a lot of people, I have a friend, every time I post that I do a long run or I just finished a race, he always, he's, he's one of our friends from Louisiana. His response is always in all caps with about 14 question marks after it. Why? It's just like, oh, like <laughs> why? It's and a good question. It's a good question. You know, and I think like as far as ultra running, you know, we talk, there's a lot of talk about figuring out your why and why you do why you're doing it because when it gets rough, you know, you've got to dig down deep and you got to have something driving you. And uh, I always tease him. I just say, cause the miles ain't going to run themselves and <laughs> or they need to be run or something like that. Something stupid, but, but in any, I think it's important for priorities and in any big thing, because we all have the same amount of time, like we, we need to, 
I guess, wrap our mind around why we're doing the thing we're doing, whether it be a business thing, whether it be something with our family, whether it be a race, you know, and I don't know. I think that's a really important thing. You are so right in that. It's because there are going to be those days where it's like, oh, I just want to stop. And if you can look into that higher reason, and as I was talking to interviewing all these people for the book, I asked them, I said, you know, when it really gets going hard, you know, how do you keep going through? And that's one thing they said over and over. And I, I remember at a couple conversations and one, one guy, you know, he was, he had built this successful engineering company, but he was also training for an Ironman. And so there's, it's a hard balance. Yeah. I said, how is it that you keep moving on those days you don't want to move? And he goes, you know, I, I don't want to die like my uncle died on the couch. I said, wow. oh, t- tell me more. I got deep quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, you know, I saw my uncle hurt his back. And when he hurt his back, he went to the couch and he sat on the couch and then when, as he sat on the couch, he was exercising less and that compounded the problem. Then he started to gain weight. And as he mm. gained weight, he couldn't move as easily. And it just, it's that downward spiral. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw that he just died kind of sitting on the couch and I never want that to happen to me. Ooh, man. So when I'm having to figure out, do I get up at four in the morning and go for a swim or a bike ride or a run? Mm. He goes, I'm very clear on what my why was. And a lot of people, you know, their why came back to something like that, you know, something that happened when they were kids. You know, one guy, he runs this very successful organization. He's constantly getting hit with all these little problems. And I said, what keeps you going? He goes, you know, and he's running a business development organization for a large area population in California. And he goes, I saw my dad lose his job. When I was a kid hmm. and he just lost that will and wow. I never wanted that to happen to somebody. And that's why I work so hard to make sure that, you know, we can build up the economic vitality of a region. It's like, uh, all right, that's pretty powerful. It's more powerful than me trying to finish the finish line on the water mile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's perspective for sure, man. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, okay. It, and it goes, David, you're so right. It's that, why are we doing this? And you got to be clear on it because there are going to be days that you're going to say, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. I was just thinking about, you know, when you took your whole family to travel around the world, I, I know there were sacrifices you guys had to make to get yourself to that point, just to get yourself to the starting line. We'll call the airport the starting line, you know, okay. and to get yourself to there, the sacrifices, the saving, the things that you had to do to disconnect yourself for that amount of time. But let me ask, you guys went, you traveled around the world with your kids. They got to see all these things. And we talked about this, you know, previously, but was it worth it? Uh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. In a, I mean, like uh, there are a couple things that I will look back or I can look back in the last 55 years and say, okay, what are those things that it's like, you are so, so glad you did that one. Yeah. And that is one of them. I mean, I say on a regular basis to my wife, I said, one of the best decisions we made as parents was to do that trip. Yeah. And it was hard. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but it was one of those best decisions that like, yeah, it, I'm so glad we did it. I, there has never been a point, you know, when we were leading up to it or after that I've said, you know, we could have done it or not. It's like every single time it's like, I'm so glad we did it. And, and I, you know, people come up to me and said, oh, you know, I'd love to, to go travel around the world with my kids, but I'm worried about, I said, 
do it. Yeah. I have never talked. I don't think I've ever talked to somebody that has done that. Yeah. And said, oh, I wish we didn't do it. You can always, and, and this is what, you know, when my wife and I did it the first time we did it, we were not married and we got engaged on the trip and we did it for seven months. And my whole wow. thought was, if we don't go, I'm going to regret it. Yeah. But if we go and we don't like it, we can always come home. Yeah. 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 So we and, never got to that point where I wanted to come home. And you think about, you know, the sacrifice. I mean, just to say it was a sacrifice financially because it costs to do it. And then you're not working while you're doing it, you know? Right. So it's, you've got to just gr save and grind and all that stuff to do it. And you take your family, the cost is even more and the stakes are higher. But like you said, you know, you can always come home and then, you know. And it goes back to priorities, whether it's yeah. time or money. I mean, yeah. you know, where we put a, where, if you want to, and when I work with executives, if I want to understand where their priorities are, yeah, I look at their calendar and I look at their budget. I look yep. at where they're spending their money. Yep. And we told the kids, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, the, you know, your friends, they may be getting a new car every couple of years. We're not going to. Yeah. And right. here's why. Yeah. We're going to put our money to travel and yeah. we're going to get the more miles out of this one car. Yeah. So it's, and it's all about prioritizing what's important to you and to your mm. family. And that's how we make those decisions. Man, a hundred percent value of experiences and experiences with other people over collecting things, man, I am with you a hundred percent. You know, I know we need to have some things and some things are nice to have and but those sacrifices and those priorities, top notch, man. That's that, that's cool. Got a seed that's in my back of my brain, man. <laughs> hey, I'm well, like, <laughs> I, I'll, hopefully, I poured a little more water on that there seed. Go, there, you <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, well, Brian, man, I thank you. Thank you for. I, I'm glad that we were originally connected, and I'm glad we were able to connect again. And I do want to commend you, and I want to recommend the book. You know, always recommending books that I read to the audience. And, you know, I always recommend like things like Atomic Habits and a few others, but I do recommend your book. I love the way you broke it down. It gave me a lot of food for thought, a lot of highlights. And so, uh, man, just check out the book. Where can they get the book? It, it, it's Epic Performance Lessons of 100 Executives and Endurance Athletes on Reaching Your Peak. You can get it on Amazon yep. or you can go to epicperformances.com. That's E-P-I-C performances with an S.com. Cool. And then that'll link to my website and all my, you, know, you can contact me. I love hearing stories. You know, I love it when somebody sends me a note and says, Hey, Brian, I'm looking to train for my first half marathon. Any ideas? And like any of that stuff. Gotcha. Because uh, those get me excited. Yeah. Well, and I'll definitely, I'll put links to the book and to, to your social media. And I know you're pretty active on LinkedIn too. So I'll put those links on there. If anybody wants to follow along with your journey, they can follow along and message you if they've read the book and let you know what they like. I love it. Send me, a, yes, send me notes. I love to hear from, from folks that are doing crazy big things. Well, that sounds good. Well, looking forward to following your big things, man. Hey, David, great talking to you again.